We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. Happy Friday the 13th. I don't know if that's a bad omen or, or what, or if we're going the other way, we're going to take this as some as some kind of a positive or something like that. I don't know what to do with it, but it is Friday the 13th, and we've got plenty to get to in the NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, any Friday the 13th superstitions? I don't have any superstitions around Friday the 13th, but 13 was always my preferred jersey number. That's what um, I was going to say. Sports. Like it's a, it's like a Steve Nash thing, right? Mm-hmm. It for me, it was, it was the, and I'm not trying to be like cheesy and corny, but it was my, it was the number my dad wore. Um, okay. As a kid growing up in Boston, everybody wanted 33, but quite often jerseys didn't go up that high, like on youth teams and stuff. So I was always tried to be three or 13. So thir- 13 was, was the number I always wore. No one else ever wanted it. Cause it's like, Oh, that's Unlucky. a bad luck number. Right. And all that stuff. So I always wore number 13. What was your number in sports? That, that That's what I said where people, you know, people like reverse it where they want 13 because it's because other yep. people don't want like the Nash thing. My number was actually 14. That, okay. that was my number. It was five for a little bit was my number, but, but primarily it was 14 was my number. And then, in soccer once i settled into okay i'm the goalkeeper i just i automatically was given number one i didn't really have a choice in that um but whenever i got to pick 14 was was my go-to number which actually kind of cool didn't happen on on purpose but my daughter her first year in soccer um her the jersey she wound up randomly being assigned was 14 ah that's cool yeah that's very cool yeah i remember i would wear three three was like the other big popular number because it was like half of 33 right like that was like the big thing and then i remember asking my dad one day i was probably like 10 and i was like what number did you wear and he's like i always wore 13 because it was you know it was what was left over and i would just take that number and then i started wearing 13 so yeah it's a good one and now here we are there it is Stop. Right, good all show, right. everybody. Enjoy the long weekend. Yeah, and we'll have a great weekend, everybody. I hope you, you enjoyed all the NBA news. Yep. And we're <laughs> let's let's talk. Um, let's start with John Collins. Yeah, let's start there. John Collins landing spots because he's once again in trade rumors. The shooting has just not come back. I still believe there's got to be whatever you want to call it re- regression, positive regression, progression, whatever. To the I think he's a better shooter than what he's shown so far this season, but nonetheless, the numbers are not 
not good. DeJounte Murray come to the Hawks. Maybe that was a, a factor too, just in his usage and all that. But well, that's um, I think what it is. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's what I think it is. I think he gets whenever I watch the Hawks, it feels like he gets one quality touch like every five or six possessions. And I think that's I just don't think he has any kind of rhythm. Obviously, that team is just kind of broken uh, in general, but yeah, I just think it's kind of messy. Yeah, I mean. 20, after shooting 36% from three last season, 39, 40% the two seasons before to drop to 23% this year, the three-point attempts are still volume. on Yeah, similar volume. It's just, it's it's odd. But nonetheless, he does have suitors around the league. We've heard uh, the Pacers is a potential landing spot for him, but we'll talk about them a bit more in a moment because we have some other Pacers news to get to. But the Utah Jazz, uh, potentially, they're right now popping up in rumors as both buyers and sellers, mm-hmm. depending on, on the rumor. But what do you think about the the Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, or John Collins rumored swap that's that's out there? Yeah, I I don't uh, dislike it for either side, and that's not. I know people like to criticize me and say you love every move everybody makes, but I, <laughs> moves. I I really like that one would kind of be a win win. I think I you know I love Jared Vanderbilt. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite guys, so I think that'd be huge for the Hawks if they could get him. Malik Beasley, another shooter, another guy who could play off the bench. I do worry you're starting to get a lot of overlap between him and Bogdanovich and AJ Griffin. I don't know how you play all those guys. Like that's probably one to get more guys too many. Um and then for the Jazz side, I would love John Collins there, especially if they're committed to playing uh marketing as like a small forward ish, which I mean, it feels like that's just what he is now, right? He's huge, but it feels like he's just a three um, who can also obviously play the four. I'm all, I'm all on board. Like go get him. If in this one, this is where I had somebody say, but why would the jazz want John Collins? This is that equivalent to the Isaiah Thomas trade that Danny age made when the Celtics were better than they thought that year. And then they were like, Oh, we can get it for like nothing. All right, right, let's do it. Not that Vanderbilt and Beasley no, are not nothing. Means, but we can get, we can kind of, you know, snag John Collins. And then we've got a guy who's under control for the next few years as well beyond this year. I, I, that's the kind of thing I think it's funny. I'm going to write a piece for spot track soon where I put every team in the category of they're either buyers, sellers, either or neither. The jazz are firmly in that either camp, like you yeah. were kind of alluding to, because it could be kind of they do both, right? It could be we add some stuff, but we also move some guys along. And and I, I think they're going to be active whenever things do pick up here. But I don't hate the idea of John Collins in Utah at all. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I, I think I like him in Indiana with his fit, a, bit, a, a lot better. But I don't hate the idea of Utah. But let's jump to Indiana, another team that's rumored to be in the mix for John Collins, putting him next to miles turner with halliburton i mean that that could be really really interesting and suddenly the pacers could i mean they've been been good this year but suddenly they could look really dangerous if you had john collins to the mix so how do you get john collins to the pacers if they want to get into that mix and suddenly again a team that we thought was going to be a seller flips to become a, a buyer here with indiana yeah i think for the pacers the important thing to remember is they're sitting on 27, almost 28 million in cap space. So they're in a spot where making moves is very easy for them. It's something that they can just kind of do. Um, So I think we're, we're in a position for them where it turns into, all right, we can send you 
a first round pick and Chris Duarte. I know we're going to talk about that in a bit here, but we could do that because they don't need to match salary. Now, if you take Collins in and that eats up most of your cap space, that eliminates the renegotiation and extension possibilities for Miles Turner. That may not be a thing we're hearing, you know, mixed reports. Turner himself came out and said, we'll hold on. Like, I didn't say I'm out on an extension with the Pacers. So you could also do a standard extension. You don't have to do the renegotiation and extension. Your benefit to doing that is, because I don't know that a lot of people fully get that, is if you did that with Miles Turner, you you're they're about 15 million under the salary floor so that's money you have to pay out anyway let's say we get to the end of the month and it's like yeah we're not going to eat a bunch of salary we're not doing x y and z you got to pay that money by the end of the year anyway so give it to turner now and then let's say you say yeah we want to do a four-year 80 million dollar extension i'm just throwing that out there sure you could then turn that into actually a four-year 65 million dollar extension because what you do is you give turner the 15 million this year and basically say, hey, you're still getting 80 million. You're just getting a bunch of it right now. Right. And then we lower your number moving forward. So it's sense. a rare thing that comes up, but with that, but so to go back to John Collins, yeah, I think this is the kind of move if you're not going to do that with Turner or you don't have the idea of like, hey, we're going to eat a whole bunch of big salary for other stuff. That'd be good. And that's a fit for them. And the Pacers, they would be one of the teams that loves that he's as long as they view his money as not negative that he's under contract for a few years because right. then they don't have to deal with it down the line. So, yeah, I, I got super excited this morning when I saw, uh, you know, the Pacers were in on him because I'm kind of like, oh, man, that's fun. Him, Halliburton, Matherin, uh, yeah. Turner, like, you know, whoever's left over the wing group, Aaron Neesmith has shown some stuff. Like, yeah, that could be a fun group. And then the Pacers are reportedly open to trading Chris Duarte. So that could, you know, open up some things. He's, you know, he's one of those older young players or what I think he's what? 25, 25 yeah. at this point. I mean, which in year two, yeah. In year two in the NBA, which is not a, a typical thing, but, but still, I mean, shooter, uh, he hasn't had a, a ton of opportunities well, with the Pacers. Shooter. Well, <laughs> like I did he, quotes because he's not doing much shooting this year. Well, he's right. doing a lot of shooting. He's not doing a lot of making. I mean, I think there's still, there's still the perception that he's a better shooter than what he's yeah, showing right now. Right? That, that, yeah. at some, that at yeah. some point, the averages are going to come back around, right? Yeah. Um, so I still think there's going to be a market for him. Now, I, do you think the Pacers are doing the right thing here to move on this early from, from Dorte? I think that the, this is now a challenge of their roster construction. He is a 2-3. They have Buddy Heald, Andrew Nemhard, Aaron Neesmith, and Benedict Matherin all in that two, three line already. So that becomes your, your tricky spot for the Pacers is carving out enough time. Duarte's had injury issues. He got hurt in his rookie year, missed a good amount of time. He's missed a bunch. He's missed about half of the games this season. I think this season it's, Playing time is down, injuries. He just has no rhythm. He looks all out of sorts when he does play. It's it, he was a starter for most of last year. Get kind of hey, do you know all you can eat? You know, just handle it and do what you got to do. So I think this is a chance to say hey, if we can recoup a pre- lottery protected pick and get a first round pick back for him, then let's do it. We'll clean up our rotation a little bit add another pick to our stash moving forward and off we go. I actually posited today, threw it out there. I kind of like him for Boston. 
they could use another wing. His contract is small enough. It fits into the trade exceptions that they have left over. Uh, one of those is, is almost out. It's Juancho Hernan Gomez, $6.9 million. That expires next week because they made that trade early uh, last year ahead of the deadline. So he's a guy who can fit there, but he's very attainable because he's on a you know very reasonable contract. So and you get two more years of team control. And if you're the Celtics, you don't necessarily care that he's a little older, right? Because you're trying to win right now. Right. So it doesn't you know necessarily. It's not like you're you know in the business of hey let's develop a you know 19 year old prospect. Like you're trying to win today. He's a young player without having to feel like hey we're you know break out the training wheels because this kid's Correct. 19 and we got to figure out you know we got to show him how to, how to, you know, do life and how to adult and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like you don't yeah. necessarily have to have to go through all of that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily for, for young players to have to go oh, through, yeah. but, but at 25, there's some advantages that do come with that as much as we look at that as, Oh, it's a negative. He's 25 years old. He's in his second year, but there's some positives that come with the fact that he's a little bit older as well. If you're mm-hmm. a team like the Celtics that's looking to win right now. Yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who's out now for two weeks um, again, sticking with the with the Pacers, dealing with multiple injuries, uh, but he's been he's been fantastic. He's been absolutely amazing this year. And let me let me ask you this: the second fan All Star voting returns <laughs> are in. Um, I know you're. We already I was looking because, for your name on there. I, 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 you right? must have just slipped out of the top ten. Well, yeah, I mean, Lakers Nation is is strong. <laughs> they they tried to get me up there in that that list, but um, has not happened yet. Um, Halliburton shows up. At number eight on guards in the East, what's more egregious, Halliburton not being higher up on the list or Jalen Brunson not even making the list? <laughs> yeah, and Jalen Brunson behind his own team. Behind Derrick Rose. Rose, yeah. Derrick Rose doesn't even play anymore. Uh, he's completely out of the Knicks rotation. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to give it a tie. <laughs> they're both pretty bad. I think if, if we get down to it, there's a chance Tyrese Halliburton could be the starting. Um, guard in the all-star game he's a lock to make the all-star team I, just in case people don't know 20.2 points per game 10.2 assists which leads the nba 1.8 steals and 4.4 uh, rebounds per game he's on 48 40 uh, 88 shooting splits so people don't he, understand how good he is i think in part because he's in Pawnee. like people just you just it. don't see him yeah. enough yeah yeah and, and when they do kind of catch him it's like you're catching highlights and he's not necessarily the most highlighty player. Yes. Right. He's, yep. he's not, he's not throwing down big dunks. I mean, he's just good. He's just good all the time. So it's, it's a uh, little bit like um, very, not, not, the, not a similar play style or anything, but it reminds me a little bit of Andre Miller from, yes. from back in the day yeah, where, where people just yeah. never really quite caught on to like how good this guy is. He's, he's not getting all these crazy flashy highlights. He's not throwing down dunks. He's not, hitting step back threes or whatever. And yeah. so he kind of became perennially underrated. Um, I think we kind of get that effect, a different reason and all of that, but with, with Halliburton. Yeah. Halliburton's a good test for like who actually watches games, right? Like, like, like among like your friend group, like yeah. you throw out Halliburton. Like, yeah, yeah, he's okay. Like eh, you're not really watching then. Like if you don't know how good he is, but yeah, it's, it's going to be hard, you know, and they're, they're going to go through it a little bit right now. They're, you know, right on that borderline of, of being a short playoff team. They're they're even with the Knicks. They're both 23 and 19, tied for sixth in the East. Um, their challenge is Pacers could have been looking at 
you know, with another good couple of weeks, they might have put a little bit of pressure on Philly, maybe even Cleveland. Now it's going to be, all right, can we stay ahead of Miami? They're not going to dip all the way out uh, of the play-in uh, picture, but it's could this two-week stretch could be the difference between we made the play-in versus we we got into the actual playoffs itself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what uh, what could be at stake here if you are the the Pacers, and, and so it's. Unfortunate the timing of this with with Halliburton this injury, but again, I guess it could be could have been worse, right, than losing him for two weeks. And so. if they're going to lose a player to position, they've got a bunch of different guards there, so you're you're at least somewhat covered um, in that respect. Speaking of guards, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is fun. D'Angelo Russell <laughs> has, some, has some comments. Sorry. He said he said something. Keith, we talked about this before we came on the show. What's the what's the quote? The the one that, that stood out from the one that got me. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. I can't stop laughing. I have to find it. I'll find it in a second here. Here it is. Um, this was he, he this was in an interview with Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports. D'Angelo Russell is no this was Jake's tweet. D'Angelo Russell is no stranger to trade chatter. And then Russell's quote was you either take advantage of me and my ability or F up the opportunity with That's me. Right. It's as simple as that. I, I mean, just an unbelievable quote. Like that's, you know, we talk about irrational confidence guys on the court. Like that's like irrational confidence just in life. Like, I mean, <laughs> good for him, but oh boy. Well, okay. And, about all that. and then he followed up with talking about Anthony Edwards, right? Talking about Anthony Edwards. He says, well, I'm an alpha as well. You know what I mean? And I feel like I'm better than a lot of shooting guards and I'm better than a lot of point guards. Like after he said, I'm an alpha as well. Like I, I'm just, I'm expecting in my head, the word bro gets put in. Yeah, right. And I oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an alpha bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, bro. But yeah. But that, that's like there's obviously there is there's a little bit of he's stretching a bit, but but he's also not a, a horrific basketball player yeah. or any or anything yeah. like that. Maybe he's a bit overly confident, but nonetheless, it is an interesting situation to look at for the wolves. He's on an expiring contract, doesn't sound like they're coming to terms on extension. So do we see D getting getting moved? And what teams are reading this saying, oh, sign us up. Let's let's get on board with that. Yeah, it, it, it the whole alpha thing just immediately brings back the, the three alphas vibe uh, from from Chicago, Rondo, Wade and Butler. 
right? We're, we're, we're three alphas, you know, here. And that, that worked out wonderfully. Um, but it's, yeah, this is tough. I don't, I don't know that anybody's like super psyched now. Like, yeah, let's go get D'Angelo Russell and like bring him yeah. in here and have to give him a new contract or whatever. I, it's weird. Somebody asked me just yesterday, they're like, what do you think happens with him? And I was like, I don't think he gets traded, but I was like, I don't know if I was Minnesota, if I'd be going all in to extend him either. I, yeah. I just, I don't know that he's the point guard they need. Not you got two bigs, you got to make sure he gets touches, and you got to make sure Edwards is, you know, your leading shot volume guy going forward. I just, I don't know that Russell being a score first guy is the guy you need right now. He's got real talent. I mean, he's not, sure. again, he's not yeah. a bad player, but, no. but like, I'm concerned if I'm a team that's trading for him and he knows he's got to get his next contract. You got to be a little bit concerned about him gunning for that contract and, and what's going to happen with, with mm -hmm. that. What's his play, especially if, if his mindset is, well, I'm on par with Anthony Edwards or whatever, you know, whatever he's hinting at there. I don't like that's that leads to concerns that are you going to be able to come to terms on a new deal if you do mm -hmm. trade something for him? And then for the Wolves, it's what do we want to pay him on this next deal? It's it's going to be an interesting situation to watch in the next, you know, three weeks or so till, till we've got the trade deadline coming up. That, that I think is for sure. I don't know if they ultimately move him. Like you said, I don't know how many teams would be interested or willing to give up what they would need to in order to get him. But I don't really know like what next year looks like. For, it feels like it's so up in the air for D'Angelo Russell. Like, where is he? What does his contract look like? All of that feels like just completely up in the air at this point. Here's a question I'm going to give you. He's on a $31.4 million contract this year. We fully understand there was part of that was artificially inflated because yep. he was part of the sign and trade with KD to the Warriors and all that stuff. But 31.4 million, what's his first year salary next year? Is it going to be more or less than half of that? Oh, so is it going to be more or less than 15, let's call it 15, 15 16. and change? Yeah. Um, the cap is going up. He's a 17 and six player this year. He's been a double digit scorer every year in the NBA. Like doesn't really shoot, play a lot of defense. Doesn't play a lot of defense shooting 36% from three. And I'm, I'm going to say it winds up being, I think it winds up being more, but I'm, I think, I think somebody's going to talk themselves into him. I'm going to put it in. The twenty million range as part of a sign and trade that would that make sense him somewhere else. So that's yeah. just because Minnesota is so limited in how they can improve their roster yeah. next season anyway. But yeah, that's yeah. I mean, hey, keep doing your thing, D'Lo. I guess if, like if it's let me say if it's lower, it's going to be a short term deal because he's yeah. like like yeah. if he winds up somewhere, you know, the the money dries up, he's he gets take caught money. like the Schroeder, like, yeah. Probably not quite the shrewder world, but like it has to take the mid level. Yeah, like, yeah, it'll be one year. Yeah, yeah, he'll do he'll do like a one plus one player option at a at a mid level or something if the money yeah. drives up around the NBA. Yeah, that's what, what could happen. No, that's a good call. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, Kyle Korver promoted to assistant GM for for the Hawks. Uh, rising on up and big changes in, in Atlanta. That roster might need some big changes too. But yep. um, I think this. I think these. Moves Travis Schlenk out, which we should say now he's out yep. out, uh, fully out. Like it came out, uh, Sam Amick of the Athletic reported. It's not there was this whole he's going to be an advisor and he'll still be consulted. Like it sounds like he's completely gone. Yeah. Uh, 
Landry Fields is now the GM running the basketball operations. Kyle Korver, I think these are precursors to, all right, let's start building the team the way we want. Right. Yep. That, that's typically what winds up happening is, is yeah. when you get a new group coming into power, whatever whatever the title is, whatever you want to call them, GM, president of basketball operations, what, yeah. whatever it is. Decision maker. Yeah. yeah, decision maker. When you get that that person, that position, that group, whatever, changing over, they come in, they're not married to the, the players that are on the team at that point. They want to put their own guys in, have their own playing style, sometimes their own coaching staff. Change change usually comes with that. And it's it's only natural, right? I mean, you come in and you were you were brought in for a reason because things weren't going well before. So you can't just continue that keep the status quo and keep doing what obviously wasn't working. And you have to have something that you can point to and say, look, this is what I did. This is how I changed things. Yep. Um, it's same thing in, in a lot of walks, like you get a new manager at your job or something sure. like that, right? Changes sure. always fall. I always think of Parks and Rec when uh, Ron Swanson winds up with a circular desk where he just spins around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a, what an underrated good show. Oh, it's so good. Here's great. the thing. You can only really catch it in like the full reruns on yeah. Comedy Central, but early in the morning, like it needs to be like, then the office is on for like, 20 hours in a row and i love the office yeah well like let's make make sparks and wreck in there on one of the days like you've got seven seasons of a show or whatever it is so i've got like, got no. youtube tv and you can pick like shows that are your oh, shows to nice. like pop so so it winds up because on tv they just regularly air the whole season mm-hmm. so i can at any point like call up any of the shows so yeah, that's, that's, that's a frequently like a, a go-to where oh we've got half an hour we're gonna eat lunch or whatever like that okay just pop on an episode of parks and rec um it's great and the office is obviously in the in the mix as well but yes totally our, our lunchtime show is friends and then like oh. we like our running joke is like we're meeting friends for lunch so <laughs> then it's like we actually people think we leave the house so which rarely happens either that's yeah. literally what my wife falls asleep to every single night friends. is friends she puts on friends in the bedroom and and goes to sleep and that's yeah she knows friends there's parts of friends that has not aged well uh, sure. we'll just leave it there but i mean that's all those shows are yep. you know there there's things that have an age well but on this last thing i'll say on the hawks front office maneuvers this happened in a, roughly a month out from the trade deadline key there's stuff gonna happen in atlanta yeah. um, otherwise you could have waited and let, let this run this is a we didn't want travis schlenk making the moves you have full control to do what you think you need to do. And I don't know that it's all going to be, let's try to fix this season. It might be a little, let's rebalance. Let's get ourselves to a better place moving forward. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, Let's jump over to the Washington Wizards who are totally, definitely not willing to trade Kyle Kuzma. They're going to keep him. They are dead set. They are determined to hang on to Kyle Kuzma unless you increase your offers. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, this is that's exactly what this is. This is we're a month out from the deadline. We don't like any of the offers we've gotten. We're planning to keep him. I mean, he didn't openly say I'm not resigning here, but he came pretty close to saying that about what two, three weeks ago when he talked about his next contract. He's not doing an extension. There's no way that happens. No. He'd leave way too much money on the table because uh, of the veteran extension rules. This is not a Kyle Kuzma criticism by any means. He's blossomed into a really nice player, could help a whole bunch of teams. He's going to get paid nicely. But this is idiotic if this is a Wizards plan. Because unless your goal is let's always be somewhere between 6 and 12 in the Eastern Conference, which it seems like that's what they just they're Mission accomplished. Want to be resign Kyle Core, uh, 
Kyle Corver, Kyle Kuzma, um, by all means, because then that'll, you know, fine. You'll, then that's where you'll be. Like you said, mission accomplished. You'll be right in that range every single year. Yeah. I mean, and especially if, if they have a sense that, Hey, he's, he's going to go this summer. You got to move him. Yeah. You got to. And it wouldn't shock me. Now he's talked about how he's been able to spread his wings in Washington and all that. And that's true. But if that's, if you have a sense that he's looking elsewhere, then you got to, one of the worst things you can do, like signing a bad contract is awful. It's, it's completely crippling to a franchise. You look at, you know, obviously my first thoughts from Luol Deng, Timothy Mosgab, right? I mean, that can be, that can be brutal, but, Right up there with one of the one of the most damaging things the team can do is lose a valuable player to free agency and you walk get nothing in return. There's no uh, compensatory picks or anything like that. They just they're just gone. And if you're not a team that has cap space where suddenly that frees up money to spend, then you really don't have any way to replace that player. So you have to always be aware of what the player's future thinking is. Are they going to stick around? And if they're going to leave, you've got to get value for them. I did go on mute because the dog is is like frantically trying to get into the closed office door here. Uh, yeah, but I completely agree. He is, uh, you know, he he. You can't you, you, if you, if you think he's leaving, you have to trade him because otherwise you lose him for nothing. And then now that's just opportunity lost, and that's just just you know that's just a bad decision. So yeah, and he's probably one of the more I think one of the more likely to move players on the deadline because one you have to be good enough that people want you yeah. you have to be good enough that teams are going to give up something for you and you have to be on a tradable contract at 13 million everybody can get in the mix for Kyle Kuzma yep. with ease so yeah I, I think I'll be I'm gonna put it this way I'll be very very surprised if he's a, a wizard on February 10th I agree I, can't see that happening unless they rip off a 10 game win streak between now and then and like holy crap they're a playoff team but that would also equally shock me yes indeed uh the kings not a surprise here open to moving Rashawn holmes um you know he's a he's not a bad big to have he had some good seasons for them when he was their guy but now they've got some bonus and that's clearly going to you know take up most of the minutes as as he should so the kings are willing to move Rashawn holmes i don't know what kind of value he gets out there on the market, you know, the, the big position is a little bit, it's a little bit devalued, you know, across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if you're not necessarily a, a knockdown, like three point shooter or anything like that, but yet Holmes is still good. He's still a good player. I don't, I, I guess it comes down to this. How comfortable do you feel if your team has to make Rashawn Holmes, your starting center? Do you feel like that? Like you've got your, your center, you've got your guy for the next two to three years, or do you feel like you need to upgrade? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
No, he's my starting center, but he's my fifth or sixth best guy. I feel fine. Then like, okay, that's fine. Like he's, you know, suited for that role. But if he's like my starting five and he's like my third best player, Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling so caught about that. Then I'm, I'm a little, little concerned about where that's going. And I think for him, it is, um, I, I look at it as it's all been circumstance, right? He had that, you know, unfortunately horrible situation at the end of last regular season uh, for the Kings where he basically left the team for a while and you know, was accused of a bunch of stuff that hopefully I'm remembering this correctly came out that he wasn't actually guilty of and he got that all cleared up. And then on top of that, the team trades for Sabonis, who's now kind of a franchise centerpiece player along with Deer and Fox. And then it just, he's not in the rotation you know, so it's just one of those things. He probably needs a fresh start somewhere yeah. else. Probably, you know, there's a whole bunch of teams. I think he could really help. I think a team like maybe the Clippers should get in on him um, because he would really help. Them with, yeah. Behind Zubac. Yeah. Um, I th- think that would be you know, really good. That gives you, you know, cause they just don't have much behind Zubac. So I think the important thing though, with the Kings side of this is if you started to really look at it just for guys who, are not in their regular rotation, you could get to very easily about $25 million in matching salary in trades. And that puts you in the range to get anybody. And not touch your rotation. And you could do that and still stay way under the luxury tax amount because they're about $17 million clear of the tax. I wrote about this for Spot Track. There's six teams. If you want to check it out, it's on my Twitter timeline these teams that should kind of go all in right now because they're pretty good and they have a real shot at either all in on the playoffs. A couple of them are all in on maybe making a finals run that have a ton of room underneath the luxury tax. And it's kind of that becomes in a way like use it or lose its money. Mm-hmm. So go, go add a little bit of salary. If you're the Kings, go get yourself another guy, get yourself another bench shooter, go get yourself another wing who can play another kind of uh forwardish size guy, a four five, um, I think would be huge for them just to give Sabonis a little break um, there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I want to see them do something because they're so close. They're, they're, they're like, right there. This feels like the year, right. Where like they, they could do it. And I don't, can they hold off? Phoenix and the Warriors from from pushing them down into the play, and we'll see. We're gonna find out, but you know, I, I think there's a chance that they can. And if you can bolster that chance, why not do it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, final thing here: the Nets had a two way swap with a few a few two way players. So if you want to close this out with uh, with that one. Yeah, so the Nets waived Alondis Williams. He he really got no run with with, with the Nets um, in the NBA. He was mostly a G League player. He's a guard. They brought in Drew Smith, another guard, in place. I thought when I saw Alondis Williams get waived, they might go for a slightly bigger player, just with KD being out for probably a mobile alt maybe at least a month um, or so. So I thought that's where they were going to go, but they went with another guard. What you're seeing right now is two-way contracts. Last day to sign a guy to a two-way is January 15th, so only a couple days away. So what's happening is teams are making those swaps now where if it's, all right, we like this guy a little bit more than the guy we have, let's let's make those swaps. So we wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more two-way moves go down here uh, between this. Now, don't get that confused with converting a two-way player. That can happen all the way through the end of the regular season. But the 15th is the last day to sign a player to 
a two-way contract. So might have a couple more more moves like this that are probably relatively minor, but every once in a while they end up mattering because some of these two-way guys do pop into becoming regular rotation guys. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Something worth keeping an eye on as we, you know, a couple of days away from, from the 15th here. So something of note. All right. I think that heads us off into the weekend. Glad that we uh, we got some good trade talk in there, especially as we're slowly getting closer to that trade deadline coming up on February 9th. Expect to hear even more trade chatter as we get closer. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure that you have a fantastic weekend. And, of course, subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel and podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and whatever, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.